Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. All right, here we go. Welcome into Episode 9 of the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson, and I will be flying solo this week as Joe Calabrese, the godfather himself, is out curling. He is playing in a uh, prep event, getting ready for their play down. So good luck to the godfather. Uh, we got some stuff to bring you here. It's going to be uh, a little bit of a shortened show today as I will uh, open it up and close it uh, and do it solo style. But uh, what we've got coming up today on this edition, this week's podcast uh, of the 12th in Sports Networks, the Extra Extra In, Don Pichet in our segment, You Can't Refuse, from the Traverse City Curling Club out of Michigan. We'll bring you that conversation as the Godfather caught up with Don Pichet from the Traverse City Curling Club in the segment, You Can't Refuse. But in the next segment, Rod Paulson, with in-house strategies and he is with the continental cup working uh, on things from the marketing side of things getting ready for the continental cup next month in las vegas nevada hosted by the orleans arena and casino so bring you everything you want to know and what's going on around the continental cup coming up in that next segment with rod paulson enjoy talking with him a little bit earlier in the week but uh, as i said we've got a little bit to get to here in some housekeeping before we do get to our guest uh, over the weekend, uh, the Curl Masabi Classic, and you know we'll get to the results in a second. But obviously, I know what everybody was talking about: uh, Team Jared Allen, Team All Pro, uh, playing with them this weekend. Jared Allen and Mark Bulger, the former NFLers themselves, John Benton and Hunter Clausen, playing with those guys. And because I believe the other two stayed back in Nashville because it was Tennessee Titans alumni weekend. So Keith Bullock. And their other and their lead did not play. But uh, Jared Allen, uh, the former Viking, was there. Uh, Mark Bulger, uh, the former NFL quarterback in the house. I heard it was an absolute zoo at Curl Masabi uh, the first uh, night uh, on Friday night uh, when Allen and those guys played Schuster, uh, that Schuster and them won quite handily. But as I talked with John Benton a little bit, he said he was um, uh, you know, really pleasantly surprised. They didn't win a game, but uh, came away maybe a little bit further advanced than he thought. So uh, I know there's a lot of opinions on those guys playing the the team all pro uh, when it comes down to, well, you know, some of the old guards saying, well, how dare they think they can make the Olympics and come just do this in four years. I get that side of things. I also get the side where a lot of people are excited because this brings just more added attention uh, to the sport, which honestly, I think that's something that we just continue to need. I think more exposure, more attention, especially in the media, I think that is a good thing. I think what Team Schuster, obviously, and everything that's gone on on the international and national level uh, has been outstanding. But I think that, hey, they these I'm, I'm a free market guy, and this is where I kind of come down. If you want to try and make it, 
try it. Give it a shot. It's a free country. Uh, that's what makes this, uh, you know, what, one of the things that makes this country great. Do you want to go out and try something? You want to go, you got an idea that you could make money on it? Go for it. Free market society, I am all about it. So, and if those guys uh, can somehow find a way, I got no problem with that. That is awesome, outstanding, and that just shows what great athletes they are. If they could somehow pull that off, I do. I see it happening. No, I do not. Um, but I think it would be neat to see uh, potentially in a couple of years maybe make uh, the nationals. Um, that would be a neat uh, opportunity. I think probably realistically, maybe if we want me to be candid. I think maybe it might be something of uh, where Jared Allen plays lead or second and gets really good at sweeping with that size and you know ends up joining on to you know a team a lot like who he was playing with maybe John Benton Hunter Clawson somebody else I think that's probably at least in the near term a lot more realistic but hey what do I know that's just my opinion and I'm sticking to it but sticking to it let's stick to the Curl Masabi and what happened uh, there and want to send out congratulations Krista McCarvel uh, the champion on the women's side uh, Jamie Sinclair uh, she makes the semis lo- lost to Laurie St. George's and then uh, also on the women's side we had uh, Nina Roth and Corey Christensen also from the U.S. side of things they made the the quarterfinals so congratulations to Krista McCarvel uh, winning out and getting some decent points there uh, from the Curl Masabi Classic Championship uh, there in Eveleth over the weekend. I know Coach Phil Drobnik was ecstatic uh, with how everything went. On the men's side of things, uh, you had Richie Ruinen, Team Persinger. Those guys get a win over Mark Fenner and uh, Corey Dropkin and crew. I know Sean Rajeski was in the uh, lineup this weekend since Tom Howell could not make it, but Congratulations to Richie Ruin and uh, Greg Persinger, uh, Phil Tilker, and Colin Huffman for their win at the Curl Masabi on the men's side of things. Uh, in terms of uh, the playoffs, John Schuster, uh, Mark Fenner, Scotty Dunham, Jason Smith. Smitty uh, had his team together. Um, Smitty and them lost to Richie. Uh, Scott Dunham lost to – they lost in the quarters, and Schuster lost to Diello. Uh, so – it was Fenner winning in the semis, Ruinen winning in the semis, and uh, it was a solid win for Richie uh, there in the final. So once again, congratulations to those guys. I know frustration probably for Team Fenner, Corey, and and everybody. They, I think that now, if I've got my count right, their fourth final that they've made this season on tour uh, and have come up short. So just keep at it, guys. It's, you don't want to peak too early, but I know you do want to get a win. So... Um, that was really the big story there at Curl Masabi and, and what happened over the weekend. And boy, we got a whole, whole lot going on in terms of curling this week. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. But I'll close up shop with that. What's ahead uh, as there is a ton going on. But coming up in the next segment, my interview with Rod Paulson with the Continental Cup out Las Vegas. You want to hear what he has to say about the upcoming event tickets, all kinds of things related to just that spectacle. If you were there in April for the Men's World Championships like I was, boy, that curling oasis in Las Vegas, it was hot, hot, hot. And if you're going back, it's going to be a lot more of the same. So coming up, Rod Paulson from the Continental Cup in Las Vegas. And then the segment you can't refuse, the Godfather himself talks with Don Pichet with the Traverse City Curling Club. And I'll be back to wrap it up here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th End Sports Network. Podcast with the 12th in Sports 
continuing here. Bryce Atkinson again. Appreciate everybody listening and joined this week with our featured guest interview going out to Winnipeg, Manitoba. Rod Paulson, north of the border, president of in-house strategies, working directly with the Continental Cup in Las Vegas on the marketing PR side of things, getting ready for the event coming back to the United States. That will be in Las Vegas, Nevada, January the 17th through the 20th, the 2019 World Financial Group Continental Cup. And, Rod, I know it's a busy time getting ready because it's only a little bit of, uh, what, a month away. But, first of all, just welcome back into the podcast. It's great to have you back on, friend. Thanks very much, Price. It's nice to be back with you. Yeah, so uh, as as we're getting ready, you guys are, uh, I know, pressing the flesh, uh, you know, uh, getting ticket packages out in front of everybody. We're going to get into everything about this Continental Cup coming up in Las Vegas in mid-January. But look, you and I were talking a little bit earlier. If anybody had the opportunity to go to the World Championship, and I know a lot of our listeners right now did, uh, back the Men's Worlds in April at the Orleans, uh, you know, casino and arena, that was an experience unlike any other. I still go back and probably look at some photos once every couple weeks just to kind of pinch myself, man, did that really happen with the pool patch, being able to walk right across basically a parking lot into the Orleans Arena? That was the most incredible curling experience that I've ever had the chance to be a part of. Wow, what an event. Yeah, it was pretty magical for sure. Um, I mean, it was everything that I ever imagined that uh, – potentially a Las Vegas curling event could be. Um, we, we certainly had the weather going for us. We had an incredible field of athletes. We had thousands of rabid, uh, very knowledgeable, diehard curling fans, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, a really good uh, sprinkling of, uh, of local fans. Uh, when I say local people who you know made, either lived in the Las Vegas uh, area or uh, were able to make the drive uh, from uh, from a not far away, um, <clears throat> who were there to experience curling for the first time. So it uh, it really was an incredible mix of uh, of everything that contributed to uh, an event that will certainly go down in history as uh, as one of the uh, one of the most interesting and fun ever. Yeah, certainly the uh, the upcoming worlds, uh, the men's worlds, it, it, it will have a whole lot to live up to uh, this next spring. But you know, I you know, I thanked you last year, and it was you know the opportunity to get to do this podcast on the stage in front of everybody there at the pool patch. You know, thanks right. to you and and Stu and everybody that that made that possible. Because you know, from my standpoint, getting able to do this podcast live for the first time before a live audience, that that was something unique to itself. And I know it was something that everybody enjoyed, and you know, all our listeners. Listeners really got to enjoy, especially as we got to record the uh, the Q and A with, with with Schuster and Company. Especially coming out of that right. magical run, I mean, just what an opportunity all around. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, the, the pool patch was kind of like the crowning glory for sure. I remember <laughs> we were having discussions uh, in the, the the time leading up to the event, and you have to understand that an event like that. Uh, I mean, I was on board a uh, full 18 months be- beforehand to, mm-hmm. to get the, the ball rolling as far as uh, the initial ticket sales. And uh, so in, in the months leading up, you know, there was some discussion about, uh, you know, the feasibility of, of actually having the patch. Uh, and I guess for the benefit of your listeners who may not be fami- familiar with that terminology, the patch is the name that was attached to the the social uh, circle, the, 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 the social gathering place at curling events uh, mm-hmm. back in Canada, going back to the 1980s, that's when the word uh, patch became, uh, it was developed and it has carried on through the years. So anyway, 
the, the patch is where people go to uh, uh, wet their whistle following every draw. So the fact that we were able to get it into the pool area, which was, uh, like I said, it was the, uh, a little bit of arm twisting required along the way um, <laughs> because that took uh, a bit more planning and, and work than just going into a, a, a typical uh, you know, banquet room in the hotel. Yep. Um, there were some logistics to, uh, to be dealt with, some challenges in terms of how to make that happen. Well, the Orleans uh, Arena and hotel staff are, are very, very skilled in terms of how to uh, deliver hospitality. They worked with us. Um, uh, we were able to put the, the pool patch together, and, uh, man, it was, uh, it was something to, uh, to behold for sure. Well, whatever arms you twisted, uh, I speak for thousands of people that say thank you for twisting those because having, <sighs> having the pool patch out there, the pool, the stage, music, fun – you know, buckets of beer being passed around everywhere, families getting to enjoy the time, the athletes coming right out of, whether it be from the venue, uh, back to the hotel, getting to stop in between. I mean, look, that was just, oh, man, priceless. But, you know, as we get ready for uh, this Continental Cup, as we're talking with Ron, Rod Paulson, president of In-House Strategies, working directly with John Cram, or John and the entire uh, Continental Cup team, um, Rod, the difference to get the opportunity to watch curling live as opposed to watching it on television. And so many of our U S audience, you know, watches curling night in America, uh, the Olympics, but it's one of those things where you, you got to go and you got to experience it up close and personal because that's when you really, that's when you really feel the uniqueness and the specialness of the game itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's why we came up with the, uh, the brand uh, a few years ago uh, back in Canada, uh, simply three words, live it live. Yep. Uh, because there is just such a big difference. Um, starting with the fact that, uh, you know, when you're at home, you're, you're uh, pretty much isolated to watching one game, which is fine and it's, it's exciting yep. and it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful and you get the benefit of replays and slow motion and close-ups and all and, and of course, the commentary from the... Uh, the commentators who, who really know their stuff. But when you get to the live arena, all of a sudden, the first thing that hits you right in the face is, wow, there's three games going on here at one time. And if you're, if you're a novice fan, it's almost intimidating at first to mm-hmm. try and to try and keep track of what's going on in all three sheets. I mean, you can say that curling is a fairly slow game, but man, there's, there's three games going on uh, in front of you and uh, they each have their own little, uh, uh, strategy and story that's unfolding uh, before your eyes. So to try and try and actually keep track of what's going on in all three sheets at one time um, is something that you uh, it's a skill you have to develop over the course of time. So so there's that. Then curling fans themselves are incredibly easygoing um, and they just you know tend to have a great time with each other. Even if there's total strangers, they just have a great time. Uh, communicating with each other during the game because in in this sport you have that you have the ability to do that um and the other thing is you get to see the interaction between the players uh in terms of what they're saying to each other because while it's highly competitive they are also for the most part these players are they're pretty good friends and uh so they have a a deep appreciation for each other's skill level and you can see that there is a, a mutual admiration society unfolding but there's also a huge competitive uh, atmosphere that's that's there, and then the, the I think the real fun part of it is there's the ability the, the 
the relationship that exists between the elite curlers and the fans is really something else too. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not unusual to see uh, one of the one of the athletes actually responding or communicating with with fans who are talking to them or or uh, or about them during you know during the match going on. So it's uh, it's it's totally unique. There's there's no other sport like it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, you know, if you want more information, again, lasvegascurling.rocks. Check them out. Give them a follow on Twitter, at LVCurlingRocks. And uh, give them a like on Facebook, Las Vegas Curling Rocks. Many ways to stay in touch with everything because they are all over it. Information, uh, ticket packages, so much more being sent out every single week that you can check out right there, lasvegascurling.rocks. And, you know, as a quote I read from um, event manager, one of your colleagues, John Killerin, who, you know, helped spear head and put on the, the world men's uh, championship last last april uh, and something he said the other day quote we pride ourselves in giving the curling fan an experience that is unlike everywhere else they travel end quote and you know just to tee it up for you the curling oasis it is what makes vegas just so unique and such a unique curling destination for fans well there's just so much there besides the curling right so uh, the majority of the fans who are traveling from afar, mm-hmm. uh, they are uh, live curling event veterans. Mm-hmm. They, they are superstars in their own right, many of them, in terms of how many events they've been to. It really is mind-boggling when you sit and talk to some of these people and, and understand how many events they've been to in, uh, you know, clear across the, the country and the world. Uh, lots, lots of these fans travel to world championships in, uh, in Europe, etc. as well. So, um, so they know their stuff. They know their curling, but they also knew that uh, you know, going back to 2013, as we began our marketing for the first curling event in Vegas, the 2014 uh, Continental Cup. As soon as they heard that, they knew this is where they wanted to go because they already knew what else Vegas mm-hmm. has to offer. So the thing was a absolute, you know, in- incredible success right from the get-go. People were scrambling for tickets immediately. The, the rooms at the hotel sold out very quickly. So the reason is, you know, there's so much else to do uh, before and after games. And honestly, I think what what continued to make it sell after the inaugural event in 2014 was when people went home and told their friends about what they experienced in that curling arena, arena. Because I'm telling you, I've been to... 50 events myself, I'm sure, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen curling fans have so much fun in a curling arena before. They were just giddy. Yeah, It was just incredible. They, they just couldn't, they, they couldn't get into the arena fast enough and then honestly get out of there fast enough to either get to the patch or to get on their way to a golf game <laughs> or just down to the strip to do something or go out to eat or whatever, go sightseeing, uh, do, do the canyons, do the Grand Canyon, you know, the, the options are, are endless, and people took full advantage of it, and, and they will continue to do that. So for p- people f- unfamiliar with the, uh, the the format, Team North America, Canada and the United States versus Team World, and, you know, what a lineup you've got of, of teams and players that are going to be, you know, at this event. I mean, ne- Team North America alone, you got Team Schuster, the reigning gold medalist, uh, Jamie Sinclair going to represent the United States, and then you got uh, Jennifer Jones. She's got some hard work to her name, certainly Rachel Homan, Kevin. 
Kevin Cooey, Brad Gushu. I mean, the biggest, the, the brightest, the best uh, north of the border up there with you guys in Canada. And then you look at Team World. Uh, Nicholas Adin wins the silver medal. Uh, Anna Hasselberg, uh, the, the reigning 2018 Olympic gold medalist. I mean, the names go on. Uh, Bruce Mowat, who just won the men's, uh, uh, the European uh, curling championship um, over in Estonia. And Eve Muirhead, Silvana Tiranzoni. I mean, look, the names go on and on. I mean, this is an all-star, star-studded lineup. Oh, it absolutely is. This is the the, the creme de la creme, and uh, you know, and you never like to say, "Well, this is the best ever," but man, uh, if it isn't, uh, it's it's awfully close in terms of the uh, the level of the the talent that's going to be on the ice uh, in in Vegas in January. Um, so, you know, the fans are going to be treated to incredible, uh, incredible curling and. Um, the, the the fact that the uh, the Continental Cup is so different again for fans who have never maybe gone and, see, and seen the Continental Cup live, um, the best description I have is it's like the Ryder Cup on ice. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's North America versus the rest of the curling world. Um, the uh, it uh, <clears throat> the event offers four different uh, disciplines in terms of the uh, the curling that goes on. There's the traditional team games. There's skins games. There's the you know the all new I shouldn't say all new but the the new and very growing uh, uh, in popularity mixed doubles mm-hmm. discipline of course was really uh, came into the forefront during the Olympics um, and and something new called the team scramble which is going to be really incredible it's going to add a whole new wrinkle to Continental Cup it's going to feature players from all teams just put together into a, a four four person unit. Uh, playing a, again the, the traditional team style, but it's going to be all all mixed up is the best way to uh, describe it, and it's just going to add a whole other flavor to an event that is already known as kind of the quirkiest, most fun, and interesting event to watch. Yeah, absolutely. As we begin wrapping up with Rod Paulson, president of In-House Strategies, working with the team at the Continental Cup, John Killerin, uh, the CEO, event manager, uh, just cannot wait for this event next month. It will be here before we know it because everybody knows how quickly the holidays fly. And something that's uh, flying off some of the proverbial shelves is the tickets, right, Rod? Because so many great tickets. Speaking of holidays, yeah. um, we have a special offer <laughs> that we we call uh, put some rocks in your socks, and quite honestly, uh, it just means uh, you know for the for the people who have curling fans on their list, and we know that uh, those lists are becoming more and more uh, popular now. Uh, if the ones that involve uh, uh, people who enjoy curling and watching curling, uh, so if if you have some people on your list who enjoy curling, uh, get them some curling tickets for the Continental Cup. Uh, we've, we've got them priced from just $20 for individual draws, and, and then, of course, right up to the, the full event packages or just the the, uh, the closing weekend package. So uh, all kinds of options. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's something that uh, if uh, they've never experienced before or only experienced at home watching on television, it's a whole new deal when you live it live. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I'd recommend anybody make, thinking about it to pull the trigger and do it, and especially uh, treat yourself and stay right there at the Orleans uh, Casino uh, because the the opportunity where you just wake up, roll out of bed, roll down the casino if you want to gamble, then you just walk straight uh, through the pool patch and over to – it is about as easy, as convenient as you can possibly get just staying right there on site, Rod. So uh, I encourage everybody to check it out online, lasvegascurling.rocks. I believe uh, volunteers, you guys still looking for volunteers for the event? 
you know what? I think we're I think we're pretty much good in that department. Um, I, I have made a note here, and I will look into it, and uh, I can also always get that information to you. But I think we're pretty good on the volunteer front. But well, man, we can we got room for more fans, and we'd love to have them. The schedule, tickets, sponsors, uh, news. Get on uh, sign up for the mailing list. Uh, media news articles, a video, anything you need about this Continental Cup, the 2019 World Financial Group Continental Cup, January 17th through the 20th, 2019 at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Check it out online, lasvegascurling.rocks. Rod, it's been a pleasure to have you back on. I'm hoping I'll see you real, real soon, my friend. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm going to make him an offer again with you. Hello once again, it's Joe Calabrese with a segment you can't refuse. It's a segment where we talk about curling clubs all over the United States, and I've got a great guest for us this episode, Don Pichet from the TC Curling Club. Don, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here, Joe. Don, you're a founder of the TC Curling Club, and you're on the operations board for the club. Tell us a little bit about the club. Where are you guys located? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, we're, uh, we're in Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, so if you uh, hold your left hand up in front of you right now and uh, with your, the back of your hand facing you, put your finger in between your ring finger and your pinky finger in that little crevice in there, that's where Traverse City is. Very good. So it's sort of upper western Michigan. Is that the way to, to describe uh, yeah, it? Not, Michigan. not in the, uh, not in the uh, what do they call that? Not in the, the upper, upper peninsula, upper peninsula yeah, but, but uh, in the main part of the glove, so to speak. <laughs> Great. So tell me a little bit about the club. You've got, uh, you've only been around for about four years. Tell us a little bit about the history. Well, uh, a little bit about the history of the club. I, I've kind of been a, a rink rat, uh, four boys in the hockey rink for, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of 16 years. And I coached and refereed. And But every year when the Olympics would come around, I, we, we'd watch curling in the Olympics. And, uh, and I got to know the staff there pretty well and said, hey, what, what if we try curling? So the Olympics 12 years ago, now why would we do that? We have hockey kids all over, you know, you'd come in at one o'clock in the morning and four years later, I'd ask again and, and started kind of talking to people about it. And so in the Olympics, uh, what it'd be five years ago, uh, I mentioned, Hey, what if we try curling? And the executive director said, well, what do you have in mind? Now, mind you, Joe, I don't know diddly squat about curling. I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't even suggest that I know much more now, five years later. But uh, he, I, I didn't have an idea. I said, well, give me a couple of days. So I called all the clubs in the state of Michigan. And I said, look, what if we had an open house, like a demo day here in Traverse City? Would you throw a couple of members up here? And uh, uh, we're going to do a day in April. Can, can we do that? And, uh, you know, 60 people showed up from the clubs in the state of Michigan. Uh, for an open house that we had here in April of 2014. And um, uh, we had 500 people at that open house. And that's how we started. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty good number right there. And you've grown. I mean, it, it sounds, you know, my, doing my research, it sounds like you have a little bit over 140 members and you're curling about four nights a week. Um, tell us a little bit about how the evolution of that has gone. You know, it, it, uh, to be honest with you, we, you know, part of the, the part of what worked is I had a relationship with the arena and the people at the arena for a long enough period of time that they kind of trusted me. And uh, 
So when we had, we, what, what we did is we put, uh, it, by this time, you know, they said, okay, you're going to have a date in April, you know, you got, you figure it out. You know, I'd collected uh, a few people, my sister, who's now currently the president of the club, a few other friends of mine to, to kind of organize this thing. We put a thing in the paper that said, hey, we're thinking about starting a curling club. You know, we're, we need some volunteer help for a curling club open house. And we had this meeting in February, Tuesday night at the hockey arena. And we're setting up chairs for this thing. We thought, you know, set up 10 or 15 chairs. Well, 60 people showed up. The next morning, I got a call from the executive director of the facility. And he said, hey, um, if you got 60 people showing up to volunteer, you're going to have a bunch of people. What are you going to do after the open house? And I said, I have no idea. Well, you're going to need those rocks and you're going to need those starting block things. And you're going to need some of those uh, brush things or whatever those are. And, and we're going to have to paint this. What if we bought all that stuff for you? And we sat down and to make a long story short, they funded all the equipment for us so that we would be there. No kidding. And, wow. Um, well, they, they, we kind of agreed that, you know, we think we have a, a, a pretty good group of people to start the U.S. Uh, the, 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 the World Curling Federation Rock Program. We, we, we got three sets of rocks. So the week after the week after the open house, we started having learn to curl classes. One of the girls that showed up was uh, uh, curled in Saskatchewan for 20 years and and curled in college. And she became our all time teacher. And uh, we were off and running. Boy, that sounds really interesting. I mean, it, it's not too dissimilar, I guess, from a hockey rink's perspective of buying the nets and, you know, at pucks or anything that you might need for a hockey league. I mean, you, these are they're just some staples that you need to, to get curling yeah. going. You know, and when they found out that USA Curling had this program where, you know, you basically, you know, it's a zero interest, five years. Okay, and if you can't make the nut, then, then you know, you've paid for the shipping and – you know, no harm, no foul. And they thought, oh, we'll, we'll take a five-year risk. Well, uh, in the, in about a week, we'll pay off the, those first three sets. Wow, that's pretty terrific. Uh, so you, you're going into your fifth year and going strong. So what one thing would you want to tell somebody who is starting a club of their own um, from your experience? You know, done this for for a few years here now and I've watched clubs starting kind of clubs in our area. And as a matter of fact, just had a two hour meeting with a, a, a guy from a town on the other side of the state. And I think, I think the thing that, that allowed us to go in an arena setting was the fact that we started with three sheets. When you have 24 people on the ice, there's a certain amount of energy that's created when 24 people show up together every week. You know, when there's eight people that show up or 16 people show up and they got to move all those damn rocks onto the ice and then they got to get them off and they got to sweep and they got to pebble. It's a hell of a lot of work before you even get to play. Um, but we had enough people from the get go where, you know, there were many hands and it made light work to start with. Um, so, you know, I, I guess if I were to tell and that's what I told this fellow today, start out with three sheets. So you got momentum and you got energy and you know what if you're going to broomstack before you go out to the uh, arena which we broomstack before we go because we don't get done till 10 30 at night you know you're you're showing up with more than two people you know uh you're, you're making an impact in the community i think the other thing that we knew we recognized right away 
was that curling, the, the game is second to the community that's created. Um, when those 60 volunteers came up for that open house in April from Detroit, I didn't know a single soul. By the end of that weekend, they were my best friends. <laughs> and they continue to be great friends. And the community in curling trumps the game. And when we mix it up and we put the game in front of the community, I, I think it makes it harder to grow. That's an interesting so perspective. Yeah, I, that that's great advice, I think, for somebody who's thinking about starting a club. And um, you talked a little bit about, you know, attracting uh, curlers to your club using some paid advertising, I'm assuming, in the newspaper. Are you doing anything else to try to attract new, no, new people to the you, club? We've, we've never paid for any. I mean, the only thing we paid for is a boost on our Facebook once in a while. Ah. So we just did a, I mean, a, I, I will say this, that, that when we, before this opened, I mean, there was, there's not a service club in this town that I didn't go and talk to about curling. And I found out, you know, after doing a couple of club talks that, you know, I started out to talk with how many people have watched curling on the TV. And there's some sheepish hands go up. And then, you know, then it's like, okay, let, let's be honest with one another. How many people have really watched curling? And 90% of the hands go up. I mean, they're, they're closet curlers. They're closet fans. And, they, you know, they got to come out of the closet. And once it was so fun that once they put their hands up and they looked at the table with the eight other people sitting there and they go, oh, crap, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm not the only one doing this. Uh, watching this curl i don't know what the hell is going on but uh i'm watching it and they realize that so is their neighbor and so is the guy they work with and so is the guy down the street and so is the pastor at their church you know it became kind of okay to talk about it and um so you know getting out in the i mean it's really about building community at least that's what it was in traverse city michigan and um you know the the reality is for most of us in the united states we don't know a damn thing about curling but we know about community. And so if we can get them addicted to a little community and get them, you know, drawn in by community, the curling part take care, takes care of itself. It's a great game. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned uh, service clubs. And when I lived in Wisconsin, I was part of uh, Rotary in my, little, in my uh, community. And they have a, a curling world championship for Rotary. I don't know if you're aware of yes, that. Yes, they do. And uh, yes, I got to do. participate yeah. in the playdown for that, which was kind of fun. And but I, I don't think a lot of people, you know, kind of know that. And, um, you know, it's certainly not something that's really talked about here in Rochester, New York, but, um, you know, it, Jeez, the idea, Joe, somebody needs to talk about it in Rochester. I, New York. I guess so. I guess I'm doing that right now, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it, you're right. I mean, the community that's in those service clubs is sort of the same type of community that you can find, um, in a curling club. And it's so nice to, uh, know that that's one of the ways that you've kind of been attracting people to your your new community. Um, that's pretty terrific. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your business model for a second. And um, I find it a little interesting only because when you're in an arena club, you, you probably have to do things a little bit differently. You know, here in Rochester, we, we uh, own our facility and we're able to do groups and bring groups in and, and charge them money. And then that helps us fund our projects. Um, but I noticed um, that you do something a little bit different with your leagues and, and your club. You have you have significant sponsors. Okay. Uh, well, you know, we've got a good group of sponsors. Some of them are curlers. Uh, Dr. Saria, orthodontist, uh, Murphy Chiropractic, a couple of uh, chiropractors that curl with us. The Townsend family, a family that uh, a husband and wife team that uh, 
uh, sponsors for us. That we, we've got one of our sponsors takes care of our water, does DI water for us, uh, McArdle Culligan. Um, another family that curls, they have a podcast, a marriage family business podcast. And then uh, our, our bread and butter of our sponsors are our brew pubs. We have three breweries in, that are local in town, the Right Brain Brewery, Monkey Fist Brewery, and the Filling Station. And they're kind of our sites for broom stacking. Um, we broom stack before we play. And uh, so every curling night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're going to see our curlers at those places. Well, that sounds terrific. It's a, it's a nice model to have where you can, you can actually you know, build some, some sponsors around your leagues and clubs. Uh, it's nice that some of your curlers have chipped in and made that happen for you. Tell me a little bit about any spiels or events that you might have coming up. Well, we have, uh, we have one bond spiel. You know, it's kind of funny you ask that because when we got done with that open house, we had a bit of a breaking of bread with some, some of the volunteers, and they all asked, when, when are you going to have a bond spiel? And I didn't even know what that word meant. And so they explained the whole thing. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, we said, well, now, mind you, this is in the end of April of 2014. So in, uh, in April of 2015, after our first season, uh, full season, we had the first ever cherry bomb spiel. And we hold that in the uh, uh, late April every year. We, we have 32 teams. Uh, it's an international event. We have teams from Canada and it's a blowout. We have probably uh, last year our bond spiel sold out in about two hours. Um, 32 teams sold out in about two hours. So it's it's a it's a great event, great entertainment, uh, great food, and it's just a great place to come and spend the weekend. So two hours, a 32 team bond spiel sells out. So if I wanted to sign up for this, if I'm listening to this podcast and want to sign up for something that's that popular, how do I find out about it, and how do I how do I find you guys on the internet? Well, uh, the information should be on our website. That's tccurling.org. But I'll give you uh, all your listeners a, a tip. Uh, it's out there on the uh, in the cyberspace on our Facebook page. But our registration opens up on December fifteenth. Is that a Saturday? December fifteenth, I think, at uh, nine thirty Eastern time. So it's online. You'd go to the Traverse City Curling Club, uh, TraverseCityCurling.org, and the registration will be open at nine thirty Eastern on December fifteenth. And we're standing by this year. We had a couple of snafus last year. That's why it took about two hours because we were down for about uh, an hour and 10 minutes. So You're crashing the internet yeah. at this spiel. That's pretty amazing. Well, thank you so much, Don Pichet from the TC Curling Club uh, for joining us on the podcast uh, this evening. If you want to get your curling club on the podcast, all you got to do is email me at joe at tesn.us. Let me know that you're interested. And uh, thanks for listening, and if you don't, you know what will happen. You'll be sleeping with the fishes. All right, final segment here on the Extraction Podcast, Episode 9. Appreciate everybody listening as you do hopefully each and every week. And if you wanted to subscribe, I really hope you'll do that. Joe does too. Uh, hit us up on iTunes, uh, the Apple Podcast app on your smartphone. If you are an iPhone user, 
go to that Apple Podcast app. It is really easy, and just type in the extra, extra end. It will pop right up and hit one button. That button is subscribe, and you will get us right there every single week. Also, if you're an Android user, you can use the Stitcher, Google Play app, other ways to listen. Also, you can just go online, tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can listen to us right there on the 12th in Sports Net, 12th in Sports Network's website. So many different ways you can get us, and if you like what we do, I hope you'll give us a rating. Uh, four or five stars we'll take. We'll take anything you got because it does make it, the more ratings we get, it makes it easier for us to find, and that is what we are trying to do is we are trying to grow the game, do our little part here on the podcast. Um, I know the 12th in Sports Network, Joe and B.A., those guys, we, we have you know, branched out, uh, grown. It's been awesome to see uh, since my short time with them. Uh, but it's just been fantastic as this year they will be bringing the uh, U.S. Mixed Doubles Championships from the Granite Curling Club in Seattle. So not just nationals, you'll have mixed doubles coming up after we're done in Kalamazoo. Uh, so make sure to tune in. But again, tuning in is what you've done, and we appreciate you doing that here every single week. Uh, so what's ahead? What we got going on? Well, we got a lot because the con- uh, excuse me, the Curling World Cup is going on right now in Omaha, Nebraska. You got the first couple draws uh, that are in the books. Uh, the today being Thursday, as I'm recording here on uh, December the sixth, it is the first full day of competition there in Omaha at Ralston Arena. No, it's not the same arena. We were at Baxter Arena last time, just outside uh, the Exarbon Village area of Omaha. Baxter Arena was the uh, University of Omaha's uh, main arena. Gorgeous. Uh, but this event is taking place at Ralston Arena, uh, taking place uh, there in Omaha. Uh, playing for the Team USA. You got Jamie Sinclair on the women's side. They have not lost. They're 2-0. and John Schuster on the men's side. They are 1-1. and And then you have Tabitha Peterson and Joe Polo uh, on the uh, on the mixed doubles end of things. Uh, so you know, a lot happening there. Uh, the way this works is you have two pools. Uh, there are um, uh, four teams, and the way it works is basically you play the team in your pool twice, uh, and then you get points uh, depending on uh, how you win uh, the games. If you win in an extra end, you get less points than you do if you win in regulation. Uh, that's basically how it works is you have group A, group B, and then the winner of each group basically plays for uh, the championship. So uh, that's the way it's all set up. Uh, right now, as I mentioned, uh, the United States, um, I believe, one and one on the mixed double side. I didn't have that right in front of me a second ago. Uh, what else we got going on? Next week, we got our final slam of the calendar year. We'll be at the Boost National. I'll be there. Jerry Gertz and myself will bring you another podcast there from next week. I don't know who we'll have as far as guests, but I can guarantee we'll, I'll bring you a couple good ones. Uh, but we will be there in St. John's, uh, Newfoundland. Technically, uh, we will be at, in Conception Bay, which is about 30 minutes away from St. John's, but we'll be staying a couple blocks off George Street, man, you talk about fired up. I can't wait for my first experience in Newfoundland. That is going to be something else. I have heard so much about George Street. I've heard so much about the fun. Uh, I'm really, really pumped to experience it myself. Uh, but you got uh, Curling Night in America coming up uh, as that is kind of barreling uh, down the stretch. Also, edict, or not so much an edict, but an ask from USA Curling. If you want to help USA Curling unlock some additional funding, they got about $75,000 on the table. And how they can get it from the USOC, they need page views. Go to team, or excuse me, go to usacurl.org. 
You can do it on your on smartphone, do it on your laptop, do it on your iPad. Go to usacurl.org. They're looking for web hits. They're about over 35,000 web hits away uh, by, from now until the end of the year. They need more hits, and if they get 35,000, roughly 35,000 more, that will unlock some key additional funding, and that's certainly that funding. It's not going to high-performance related. That's going to helping club development, uh, uh, the growth in the things. Um, going back into USA Curling uh, to help in a myriad of ways. So usacurl.org, go visit them online with all your devices. We need to help them hit 30, uh, 35, 35, roughly 35,000 more page views. So that's going to do it here for episode nine. Tried to cover a lot, but do it very quickly as I'm flying solo and flying is what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, headed to Philadelphia to cover the Army-Navy game and then going straight to Newfoundland for the Boost National, the fourth installment of seven on the Grand Slam of Curling Series. But Jerry Gertz and I will be back next week from Newfoundland. I'm sure we'll have some fun stuff on Episode 10 next week. But Episode 9 now in the books. Appreciate everybody listening. Again, check us out, tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can get everything we do right there. Appreciate everybody listening. Have a great weekend, and most of all, good curling. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. Right now at Kohl's, it's the last-minute gift sale. Take an extra 20% off and save on kitchen must-haves. Get 25% off toys and get 20% off fragrance gift sets. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, fast and free store pickup. Still not sure what to get? Our gift cards are always a great idea. Give with all your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. 20% offer valid December 21st through December 24th with promo code RECEIVE20. Offers and coupons do not apply to toys and beauty. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Home is where you should feel the safest. But the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes.